What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Security Squad Podcast. I don't know what happened there, but my, my screen is glitching on something. So I hope this is coming through okay. Um, welcome to the Security Squad Podcast. I'm Brian Horning, one of your co hosts, along with uh, Reginald Andre, Randy Bryan, and Ryan O'Hara. How are you, gentlemen? Welcome to another week, another show. Good. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. Good morning. 73 and cloudy here in Miami. All, all good. <laughs> Please. Please. It's nice and sunny in San Marcos. We had our last cold night, I guess, night night before last. It got into the 30s. It's supposed to be, I think, 80 or 85 today. So We had a couple inches of snow uh, two days ago, and it's going to be almost 70 on Thursday. So that's that's Michigan for you. Nice. So, guys, welcome to another uh, episode of Security Squawk, where we try to educate people on what the hell's going on out there in the world around cybersecurity, how it impacts you as an individual, and uh, and if you're a business owner, you work at a company, you know, you're in front of a computer all day. That's probably probably going to shed some information today that that's important and related to you because. Let's face it, this is where this stuff happens. It's happening on the computer, on connected computers. Um, and we got to get smarter about how we do things uh, on these devices so we don't end up, you know, losing money or becoming a victim of, of identity fraud and things like that. We've yet to see what's really going to happen in the world when it comes to cybercrime. We're just at the beginning of it. This stuff's only been going on for you know, really under a decade. Um, and if you think in, in the history of, of all crime, this is just the beginning. And, uh, you know, it's time to get smart now. It's time to start doing the right things now. So that's the point of the show. So the only fee that we have for the show is that you share the show. Let your friends and family know it exists. Get the word out. Help us organically grow this show. Uh, and we'll continue to bring you the content. So Let's start off with uh, Randy. Randy, you had a, a, an interesting story to tell us in the green room. I'd yeah. kind of like you to to talk about that. I'm going to set the stage a little bit. You got a call uh, from a company who was looking for some help around uh, cybersecurity. They were having a little bit of an, an issue. So what was that issue? And what did you discover when you started looking into their problems? Yeah, so we got this call yesterday that they had been hacked, but they had already taken care of it, they thought. Um, and so I got some information. I called the person that was hacked and started uh, sort of poking around on their machine, trying to get some uh, information, trying to figure out what happened. Um, attached a 365 to some alerts and some things like that so I could see some data, see some facts that were going on. Um, short story long, they received an email from a customer they worked with literally like two weeks ago. And so when she received it, she thought that it was relating to that work that had been done between the two just a couple weeks ago. And so she clicked on it and nothing happened. Well, then about 15, 20 minutes later, she started getting all of these emails that couldn't send in her in her inbox. Basically, there were some rejected emails and she figured out pretty quick. This was on Saturday. She figured out pretty quick that it had gotten into her 365 and was basically emailing everybody. 
the same exact email. And the ones that were coming back were just ones that, you know, were undeliverable or whatever. Um, short story long, she went ahead, she changed her password and she thought everything was okay. And then they, they reached out to us yesterday. Well, it turns out that not only did they send an email to everybody that they knew, because I, I asked her, I said, so what do you think what the point of this was? You know, if, can you just change your password? And, you know, is all they're trying to do just, you know, annoy people by randomly sending out emails to everybody? Like those would be like the, the 35 year old quote unquote nerds living in their mom's basement that are doing annoying things like that. But this is probably criminal. What do you think they were trying to do? And she said, I don't know. Well, anyway, when we poked around, turns out she changed her password on Saturday morning. They re-logged in on Saturday night um, from another country. So that means they put a key logger of some sort on her computer and probably a back door. Um, crazy thing was this particular file, because she had downloaded it, um, to open it, you know, that ha that happens. It was in her downloads folder. Um, they put on it a really crazy permissions where it couldn't be deleted. Um, even after a wipe, it couldn't be deleted um, because it still had crazy uh, permissions, wiping and keeping files. So ultimately, her computer is either going to have to be trashed or a wipe from literal from scratch. Looks like um, on one of the wipes, because um, I tried it twice, looks like on one of the wipes, um, the, uh, the Lenovo recovery jumped in and reverted it. So, um, I think that they, they probably did something to the Lenovo, um, recovery to, uh, to make that happen. Anyway, what seemed like something that was, you know, not that really complex, not a big deal, you know, set up a rule, you know, do a sweep to get all the deleted items out. So you can't see what's going on. Um, turns out it's probably a little more sophisticated, although, this last thing I'm going to say about it, unless you guys have questions, um, the login um, on Saturday night when they re-logged back in after they re-got her password, the login was from Nigeria. Hmm. So, you know, for years, you know, the Nigerian prince scam out of a coffee shop, you know, there's a lot of that that's actually real. And there's a lot of people over there that are literally trying to hack people. But this one seemed to be a lot more sophisticated than just, you know, hey, send me money for, you know, the ex-president of Nigeria that has $20 million. They need to hide it somewhere, you know, blah, blah, blah. So so part of me was like, what 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 is that? Why did they log in from Nigeria? Um, and then the other thing that they did was they used a public emailing service to email everybody that logged in from California. So I thought that was pretty uh, interesting, too. So hmm. anyway, I think that's everything. I had a couple of follow-up questions on there, Randy. Uh, first thing, did their computer have antivirus? It did not. Did not? Okay. And then the second question is, was um, two-form factor on that account? No. no? Okay. No. So um, I immediately turned it on for, for uh, her. Um, they had four or five people that were uh, admins in the 365. We, we got all that uh, off. Um, we made ourselves um, an admin, put, you know, MFA on us. We're in the process of getting everybody on MFA right now. Um, <clears throat> so we can turn on some conditional access and some things like that. Um, yeah. And crazy thing was after a wipe, 
Bitdefender in in a in a scan found the download file, the file that was in the downloads, quarantined it, but really couldn't quarantine it and couldn't empty the quarantine. Um, so that was pretty disturbing. I mean, not you know. I think the other thing about this, but you know what I mean. The other thing, Randy, about this that that strikes me is, is how important it is to have forensics as part of that incident response. Uh, so I had mentioned, I think it was last week or the week before, I had a few people calling uh, because they had similar situations where their 365 got compromised and they were happy just resetting their password and going on about their business and pretending it, it never happened. And, and you know that was all there was to it. And each one of those calls, I, I told them, you don't know how they got access to this and, and you need to look and see. And so in this case, that's a perfect example. It wasn't just that you know, they had access to that account that they, you know, how they got in gave them access to the computer. So they were able to continue getting into that account. And that, that's why yeah. that is so important. It's not just a, you know, there's not usually an easy button to fix this. And, and you know, even if you do happen to, to get it right the first time, and it, it's something as simple as resetting a password and turning on MFA, how do you know for sure? You really need to know. Right. The, the thing that, um, that struck me about it, and from a forensic standpoint, was I was really expecting something Russia-esque or Ukraine-esque mm -hmm. because we actually talked about, I think it was last week, it might have been the week before, mm -hmm. this is literally one of the ways that they're getting a hold of the enemy, if you will, um, their cyber war opponent, um, by getting onto their computer mm -hmm. and then using that to get into 365, which is literally what happened here, and then installing a crazy back uh, keylogger I'll tell you, like 20% of me thinks um, they potentially, the because the BIOS was unpatched, um, that they potentially could have put a basically a, a, a foothold in the BIOS. Um, so, man, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Let's not speculate because it, it, we could go down that rabbit hole all day long. So that was pretty cool, right? So that kind of gives everybody a look at, you know, what happens to average everyday people out there. I mean, I think I've seen a massive increase in social media accounts and online email accounts, whether it be Office 365 or Gmail, <clears throat> attacks on those and cyber criminals trying to log into those to not necessarily do any damage to that particular person, but to use the contacts and the, and the past emails that they've sent to, to try to then get into more accounts, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's it, a lot of people think it's, Hey, somebody's getting into my account and they're going to do something to me. A lot of times they're just getting into your account to get access to more accounts. Right. And they mm -hmm. really don't do uh, any quote unquote damage or they don't, you know, release their kind of like their final objective until they have, access to a, a massive number of accounts right mm -hmm. and what happens is they is they get access to these accounts and they kind of take a look at like who do we have access to now right and then mm -hmm. they pick and choose the targets that they want to go after based on maybe how much money they think they can get from that target right maybe your sister uh maybe you're the ceo of a major fortune 500 company and your sister gets hacked and then through that right message that you clicked on that came in from Facebook that said, look who died. 
Mm -hmm. And you clicked on that message and now the hackers have you and they realize, oh, look, we just got access to a Fortune 500 CEO's account. Um, what's more valuable, right? The, the sister or, or the actual CEO? Right. And that's the game that's being played here. Um, and I think people need to start to realize that, that it's a game of like, we can attack you, but can we get to a better or, or a, a bigger target through you? Um, and really, that's how it happens. And that's how it goes down. So well, when people think stuff like, like, you know, my social media, that's not not that big of a deal. What are they going to be able to get out of that? But they're, they're gathering information more often than not these, these quote unquote hacks that, that start these incidents are more about psychological type things. It's more about con artistry. So gathering all that information that you're able to pull, I mean, look at how much stuff people put on social media, you know, think about the tidbits that people are able to get from that. And then, you know, make a phone call to somebody's bank and try and, you know, get the bank uh, teller to reset the password on the account. And then all of a sudden they do have something important. So just because it's something social media or whatever that you don't think is important, you know, that information can be used against you. So be careful. Yeah. So let's move into kind of some of the things we want to jump into to today. And these first couple topics I want to kind of just touch on quickly. A um, couple cyber attacks that are active in the news, and then we're going to kind of lead that into some other discussions about some information that we found out there. But um, kind of in response to maybe what's going on in the world with uh, Russia and Ukraine, here we have Israel says their government's uh, websites were hit by a cyber attack. And we're starting to see a lot more news around cyber attacks that are happening in other countries. And I'm kind of foreshadowing by saying that. Um, but, you know, here we go with Israel. Their government websites were hit by a cyber attack. Um, I kind of just wanted to highlight this, guys. I don't know if any of you want to pick up and talk about this a little bit deeper. Um, but, this is happening right now as a broad cyber attack. They're not accusing any any groups, but um, a number of websites are basically getting hit with a de denial of service attack, which means that makes it really hard for those websites to operate and communicate with the rest of the Internet when things like that happen. Um, and that's happening right now um, in Israel. And that's that's hot off the press. So anything you guys want to add to that? Well, I mean, so this is a, an attack on a website. It doesn't really go into details about, you know, how exactly they were brought down. I mean, it could be as simple as just a denial of service, which just means they, they get millions of robots or bot computers, computers that are infected just to hit the website all at once. Um, so, you know, I don't know if this is a, a big a deal as they're making it sound, you know, maybe they didn't have denial of service protection on their web server. Now they have, well, I mean, this, this DDoS, DDoS stuff has been happening massively over the last few weeks and, you know, kind of, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not that it happened the same time that Russia invaded Ukraine, but <clears throat> there's a lot of denial of service attacks happening right now around the world, especially in Europe. Um, just interesting that Israel and their government was targeted. Right. I don't know what, why, or what's behind that, but it's happening. And we wanted to kind of bring light to it because it's going to, like I said, it's a little bit of foreshadowing on my part because I'm going to bring up an article later that kind of talks about some things that people need to be aware of uh, here in the U.S. So um, we also have another ransomware attack. We wanted to talk about this one, guys, because this Denso group, very similar to what we saw with that Toyota 
the, the one that was called the Toyota hack. It really wasn't Toyota. It was a, it was a, um, a supplier within the Toyota um, supply chain and some other manufacturers, but they, you know, that company worked with Toyota a lot. This company, I think they're out of Germany, right? Um, Denso confirms a cyber attack. The Pandora ransomware group takes credit. So what do we know about this one and what's going on over, over at Denso? Well, it looks like someone had gotten into the network. Um, the Pandora ransomware group's taking credit. Um, Denso said that they shut off the intrusion. Um, it is under investigation, but they say there's no impact um, on other facilities, no disruption. Um, I'm always a little bit concerned um, or mild, midly concerned. I don't know how you say that. I'm not like freaking out. But I'm always a little more than just less concerned when a company doesn't know exactly what happened or where it happened or, you know, where it was or, you know, no impact. When I see things like that, it always makes me a little leery um, because if you don't have that knowledge, you don't know. Like we said in the first segment, if you don't have that knowledge, you don't know what's going on. And they could still be sitting in your systems, not doing anything while you're thinking that they're out just because, you know, we don't see any impact. And it's hard to say, too, like what how much information they've they've released. I mean, you know, a lot of this stuff comes down to, uh, you know, dealing with attorneys and, and figuring out what information you're allowed to disclose yet at that point. So they may have some of these pieces um, that remains to be seen. But, yeah, if, it, if it's a if it's still an unknown for them, that that's definitely concerning. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you do realize on this one, though, uh, they it seems that they they're the ones who detected it where we've seen other other times in articles where it's the ransomware group that says we have your data or we have this company's data mm -hmm. and it's on the dark web. So in this case, they, it seems that they at least was able to detect it. And then from there, that's when um, the ransom group said, yep, that's us. You know, we have your data and, yeah. and you know, pay us. That's an interesting response question though, for these larger attacks like this. I mean, I, I wonder how much of that has to do with, you know, do we, do we go public with this now or do we wait for the group to, to publish something and then we get caught with our pants down so right yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah companies right. have to make now right right yeah yeah and i think the other thing to point out here at a higher level is we have another automotive industry uh ransomware attack if that industry hasn't been put on notice yet that they need to probably beef up their security um you know, these ransomware guys aren't stupid. They look at, you know, economics, right? And they go, well, look at that industry over there. It looks like they're having lots of problems with supply chain things. And, and you know, when you already have supply strain constraints in your industry, it seems that cyber criminals like to go after you. That's just kind of what I've observed is that they like to go after industries and businesses that are already under some kind of constraint because you know your sole goal is to continue to operate and continue to you know do your business and if you're already feeling the pinch from just the supply chain in general and what's going on in the world and then you have to deal with a, a ransomware attack or some kind of cyber attack on top of it um the likelihood of you paying just to get rid of that problem are, are very high and they know this and they and they know that you're dealing with supply chain issues from one side and they'll hold that against you when they're negotiating with you for you know ransomware payments and stuff like that so 
Critical infrastructure. Go ahead. It's desperation, right? So, so they're trying to hit people when they're desperate, and you know, so they're already down a little bit. Yeah. You, you hit them there, and they're they're desperate. And how yeah, how often I, do we see that? Like sometimes when you're talking to somebody about security, they don't they don't get it until they're desperate and, and until they've seen it, they've experienced it. So that's that's part of the problem, and that's why I always used to tell them when I was running up a, a development team. Um, but. You know, when I was running a development team, I always used to tell developers like software um, and engine, like software encoding is 85% psychological and 15% technical. Like you, you have to know also like how to engage the user, how to get them to do what you're, what you want them to do and not make like Randy said earlier, the user interface so damn complicated or so non-intuitive Mm-hmm. that users don't want to use it. When If you want users to adopt a program, you want to put thought into that, right? And it's the same thing with cyber attacks. It's, it's 85% psychology. How can I trick you to click on something? How can I, you know, screw with your mind so you pay me as much as I want to get paid, right? Um, and that's the name of the game. So, you know, it's not just about ones and zeros and, and programming and being a nerd, there's a lot of psychology that's baked into technology and, and that gets lost on a lot of people, I think, a lot of times. So moving on, the critical infrastructure threat as ransomware groups target enemies of Russia. Um, and this article on InfoSecurity magazine basically talks about how um, this whole cybercrime underground in Russia, uh, which we know well about, you know, a lot of times when we hear about cyber attacks, guys, we always heard about Russia and Ukraine, right? A lot of times when cyber criminals were arrested, they were arrested in Ukraine or, you know, not so much Russia. Um, and that kind of, you know, shows, you know, where, how fragile this whole cyber criminal network can be um, when you have, you know, pro-Russia camps and and Ukrainian cyber criminals who no longer want to work together because of what's going on in the world. Um, and, you know, Accenture has come out with a report that basically says um, that there's, you know, they're targeting, these organizations are targeting government, media, finance, insurance, utilities, uh, and resource sectors should be braced for more attacks. And we haven't seen a ton of it coming toward to the shores of the United States, but we keep seeing warnings that it's coming. Um, so what do you guys, what do you guys think about this? Is this something that could potentially be, and here's my concern, why I want to talk about it. Could this potentially be something that Americans hear for a month, six weeks, uh, and while the conflict drags on over the pond, and no cyber attacks happen here, do people start to let their guard down because they think it's not going to happen? Uh, I kind of want to just throw that out there. But that's what I took away from this article is that it's reinforcement that people need to take this opportunity where there's not much attack going on to shore up their defenses because it's coming. Like it's just another warning that something is coming. Yeah, yeah, what I took from this also was when when they do start the cyber attacks between each other, it's kind of like when they sneeze, we're going to catch a cold. We we are going to get hit. Um, and I know we're going to be talking about that in the next article as well. But 
um, definitely see us um, needing to prepare now because it's going to get back. Yeah, um, and I, I found a release a little while ago um, where the FBI mentioned 52 critical infrastructure organizations that have been hit with with ransomware. I think as this, the stuff drags on in Russia, we're going to see um, more and more of this. One of the articles that is linked to on the right there talks about Russia pre-positioning in case a full-on hot war rolls out, which... The, the thing I mentioned in the first segment, um, I was surprised they logged in from Nigeria because it looked to me like they were just trying to put their back door and their key logger on as many computers as possible, which that's something Russia would do to pre-position, you know, for, for war coming down. You know, if it ever gets hot between the two of us, you can guarantee they're going to roll out like that. So, um, yeah, we should not let our guard down if there is six weeks of so-called quiet or whatever um that's kind of like a tsunami you know tsunami always goes out first you know and everything's like whoa the ocean settled down why'd it go out and then here comes the tsunami that's how this is going to be if uh this whole period of quiet ends up with more uh more attacks yeah i mean this this but this is a real thing like it like there are literally Cyber criminals that used to work together that are no longer working together over this, over this conflict, um, and it's a, it's a big deal. Like this article uh, cited at one point, I remember reading that um, raid forms, you know, they expressed their support for Ukraine, and then the Russian government seized their domain because it was a, it's a Russian site. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you have pro Ukrainian cyber criminals re- are refusing to sell, buy, or collaborate with Russian aligned cyber criminals. Um, and they're increasingly attempting to target Russian entities in support of Ukraine. So basically, you had this whole network that we've talked about for years and years of cyber criminals who work together to bring down businesses are now working against each other to take each other down to win this war. Um, which is going to buy American businesses a little bit of time to do things before they set their sights back on the United States and U.S. businesses. Like, that's what we're trying to tell you on this podcast today is like you probably have maybe a four week window if you're lucky to, to you know, do something right now before you potentially become a target some way. If you've been getting away with not spending money or investing in cybersecurity, now's Now's the time to do it is basically, you know, what this article, if you're reading between the lines, is is stating because you have infighting going on between the cyber criminals and operations aren't running as smoothly as they normally do. Um, So take advantage. That's that's kind of my advice here. So it's the calm um, before the storm. So so right right now, these groups are fracturing. And I think when they reform into smaller groups, they're going to have, you know, a lot more ideological driven focuses so they're they're gonna go crazy at that point so and this is kind of you know bringing this article up i just you know want to throw this one up because this is what i believe and this is you know from a defense website um that russia may be holding cyber capabilities in reserve so u.s must keep its shields up that's the whole point of what i'm trying to say in this podcast is this is exactly what's going on they haven't, especially against the U.S., they may be doing it over in Ukraine to an extent, 
and maybe hitting other countries that they feel like are getting involved um, a little more than they would like. They haven't done anything to the U.S. yet, in my opinion. There may be attempts and, and little script kitties and, and botnets running against your businesses and trying to log into your Office 365. That is, that is not what we're talking about here. So, um, you know, this article points out that they're holding back their cyber capabilities, um, especially against the U.S., and I agree with that. So I don't know if you guys want to expand on this article, but you think yeah, gas prices are high now? What if they attacked another pipeline? Yeah, gas prices are going down, my friend. Um, they're they're just like China's shutting their country down again, and that's causing gas prices to drop. It fell off a cliff this morning. We, you know, I, I don't look too much into gas prices. I kind of stay out of that argument because it's a commodity supply. I just from the strategy that, that that they're holding back. I mean, they're they're going to see an opportunity at some point and pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. Go, no, go ahead. I got what you're saying, Rye. Go ahead, Randy. I was just going to say, I mean, so for Russia to attack us full on, I mean, that's an act of war. So like you said, they're doing whatever they're doing in Ukraine because they're literally at war with Ukraine. Um, they might be doing some pre-positioning, some behind the stuff scenes getting ready for us. But until we're in a hot war, um, or a hot cyber war, they're not going to just all out uh, go against us. So yeah, I can totally see that they're they're probably holding back, and we need to we need to get ready for when it's going to change. Right. So when it does happen, just so you know, there's new laws on the books in the federal government that says you have to do certain things uh, if your business gets cyber attacked. So let's just talk about real quick, guys, who this affects because it doesn't affect everybody. Who, who this impacts and what they actually have to do, or do we are we still confused about what they actually have to do? So um, money has picked this up and, and kind of educate our audience on what this new law is that Congress and Senate just passed. So the the previous article you were on actually had a whole paragraph about this. Yep. It had a pretty good quote um, from uh, one of the senators. It basically said, we're not trying to hold the victims accountable, but we want people to report. We want them to report what's uh, what's going on. That's interesting. This article here doesn't really uh, mention it from that um, perspective. But the bottom line is the government is trying to, um, they've already passed this legislation. We just need the president to sign it. They're trying to require uh, companies to report when they do have an attack. Um, that way, so, you know, I guess officially or supposedly or whatever, the government's trying to get more insight into what's actually going on as far as cyber attack attacks go. Yeah. And, and they mentioned it's going to be companies critical uh, to the U.S. Nat national interest. So it's not going to be all companies. Um, it's probably going to be part of the big 16 sectors that Biden, you know, talks about regularly. And um, for me, I don't think this is good enough. It's just going to be another reporting. It's just going to go into a database mm -hmm. that no one's probably going to be paying attention to. It doesn't really um, hold anybody accountable. It's just going to be, okay, yep, we, we paid the ransomware or we got hacked. Here, here you go, government history information. Um, but it does nothing about protecting, um, you know, beforehand. They should be talking about things to say, this is what you should have in your company, rather than just saying, when you get hit, just let us know. Yep. One of the things I took away from this is, is, uh, even the FBI is kind of out there politicking, and which they rarely do. 
um, that, you know, there needs to be a more streamlined way for companies to report this. They obviously want it to come through them. Um, there's a couple of different ways right now that you can report this stuff to the federal government if you really wanted to. Eventually, everybody who needs to know will find out. I just think this is one of those things that's not <clears throat> doesn't have too much bite to it because the reality of it is, is the critical infrastructure companies, the companies at the size that they're talking about, these are t attacks that we know that we're going to see in the news or we're going to hear about it on social media because employees get impacted or services get shut down and people start talking and then it becomes known. Um, so I don't think that this type of legislation is going to do much to uncover attacks that we don't know about. And I think that that might have been the spirit behind some of this for some of these lawmakers was that we want to know when these attacks happen because we know we're not knowing. We only know probably about 10 percent of them until you start making small businesses and and businesses that are privately held um, that aren't part of in critical infrastructure have to do some of this stuff. Um, you're not going to get to where you want to be. This is all kind of like, you know, a, a, a baby step in the right direction. May have you, you know, I guess you could say it that way. So want to wrap it up with this last topic, guys. And, um, you know, kind of like, why is this stuff happening? Wrap it up. Like, we have a report here that, you know, ransomware and the reason it's a problem is because of leadership. And I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that. I wholeheartedly 100% agree with it. Um, the fish rots from the head down. CEOs, we're still living in a world where CEOs think the rules don't apply to them or, or, or think these things won't happen to them or their company. Um, most IT leaders, and what this article does a good job of pointing out, is that most IT leaders know that their board of directors aren't taking ransomware as seriously as they should. Um, and therefore addressing the disconnect is about making it feel real to people who might not necessarily be fully aware of the severity of the problem and the likelihood of an attack. And that's talking about CEOs and board leaders who make the decisions on budgeting and spending. Um, IT directors know that you're, they're underspending, they're underfunded, they're understaffed to be able to handle this problem. Um, and IT board, boards of directors and CEOs and business leaders um, aren't taking the lead on this. And I think this is another call for business leaders uh, who aren't, aren't technical people to start taking the lead on this and, you know, doing the security and awareness training and all the things that you think you don't need to do because you're the CEO or because you're, you know, you don't need to do that. You're, you're, you're in the C-suite. Um, you know, your employees are going to look at that and they're going to, that culture and that attitude is going to permeate down into your, into your team. And you're going to have a cyber attack one day and you're going to be wondering why, right? It's about creating a culture of cybersecurity in every single company and in every single industry. Um, what do you guys think? That's kind of where I'm at on that one. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, it's, 
it's too easy sometimes for them to boil stuff down to money and, and, and difficulty, you know, implementing proper cybersecurity is going to be, you know, pain, you've got training, you've got, you know, it's going to, you know, maybe take a, a dent into productivity at some point. Um, and, and unless they, they have had an experience with an incident or know somebody who has, it's just too easy for them to say, this isn't a problem for us. We're immune to this. And, you know, they, they are able to disconnect themselves from it. And that's a problem. And, you know, just to kind of bring everything we've already said, you know, that there, there is fixing to be a bigger wave um, because of everything that's going on. And honestly, if you wait until it's too late, um, you, you might not be able to even get the help you need because the people that know what they're doing are going to be so wrapped up trying to get already working with people to get them unhacked. The bottom line is you got to be proactive about it. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather be a year early than a day late on something like this. And we're not even, I don't even think we're talking a year personally, but you know, um, bottom line, it does. I think there's sometimes a disconnect with it people, you know, who are, um, you know, stereotypically, you know, aren't confrontational, um, you know, don't want to have that discussion or back off when they do. Maybe they don't know how to have that discussion with the, the leadership. A lot of times too, Randy, and the, like what you're saying is, is that, you know, is right. But a lot of times too, sometimes these CEOs think that the person who's doing their IT or in charge has got this stuff covered. And a lot of times these conversations aren't happening because the person's sitting there going, I don't want to tell them that we're not doing this or we have to do this because that might make me look bad or I might lose right. my job. Right. Right. So, mm -hmm. All, you know, psychologically, this is what's going through IT managers and directors' heads when when the conversations are absent and they're not happening. So, finish out, Randy. Take us home. I got to wrap up the show. So, oh no, I, I was was literally on the way to say something along those lines. Um, but bottom line is, we've got to have a change. We've got to do it. They're trying to do it with legislation. Legislation. Um, we're, we're trying to do it on this podcast. I mean, you know, at some point we've just got to have the change. We've got to have a change in our mindset. Yep. I agree. So guys, I got to wrap up the show. We're about 40 minutes in. I appreciate, uh, the conversation and everybody's contribution. I think we did a lot to bring awareness around these problems. We covered a lot of topics quickly and efficiently. Um, so I love it. And, uh, please remember share this show out. We, we give you a ton of information in the last 40 minutes, a lot of information about what's coming, how you can protect yourself, what you need to be doing. We're also probably well into like almost 60 podcasts at this point. So we have a whole library you can go back to and listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. But remember, there's a fee. Share the show. Help us out. And we'll see you in the next podcast. Take care, everyone. All right.